Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. If you're unfamiliar with Eat, Pray, Love, she basically just went to a publisher and went, what if I went on holiday for a year? Would you pay for it? And they went, yeah, here's a million dollars. Go crazy. And then she did. Hello, I'm Joel Golby. This is Joel Golby's book club. This week we are reading Eat, Pray, Love, which is the 2006 mega bestseller by Elizabeth Gilbert. I'm going to change the format up a little bit this week just because that's what ePray Love demands. I'm going to break it down into five important questions. So, one, why did I read ePray Love? Two, is ePray Love good at all? Three, is ePray Love annoying? Four, was I personally annoyed that I read ePray Love? And five, should we use the vast power of the internet to forbid Elizabeth Gilbert from ever writing a book again? So those are our five questions, and we'll go through them one by one. So first, why did I read Eat, Pray, Love? Uh, well, there's a few reasons. One is my producer, Ross, and I uh, realized after the last episode that we keep reading books that I like, and I keep reviewing them very favorably and that's great for me and probably pretty good for you too but we thought it might be interesting to change things up go for something new that i hadn't read yet and perhaps not something that i would be meeting absolutely at the nine or ten out of ten level that i've become accustomed to secondly there has been a little bit of a, a critical renaissance of Eat, Pray, Love over the last couple of years. It was first put particularly on my radar by the journalist Imogen West Knights, who's very talented, had her own book out this year. And she, I believe, reads Eat, Pray, Love once a year, and she always goes to bat for it. And she's a very funny writer and someone whose work I admire and opinion I trust. So I thought, all right, I'll give this woo-woo little prayer book ago. And thirdly, Elizabeth Gilbert is an astonishingly talented writer. One of uh, the great pieces 
of GQ in the 90s is her essay about working at Coyote Ugly, which obviously became the film Coyote Ugly. But if you seek that out and read it, it really is one of the great pieces of magazine writing of that decade. And you can see a lot of that kind of American, New York, late 90s, early, turn the millennium, noise kind of gossipy tone, magazine, feature-rich writing all the way through Eat, Pray, Love. Like, you are constantly in the hands of a very, very accomplished writer. So I wanted to read this book and see if it had a slightly unfair reputation, especially one coloured by the film. And I found that, uh, it, in my opinion, it did, and it didn't. So I guess we'll move on to the second question. Which is, is Eat, Pray, Love good? If you're unfamiliar with Eat, Pray, Love, I mean, it's a story of a woman eating, praying and loving her way across Italy, that's the eating part, India, that's the praying part, and Indonesia, which is the loving part. And she does this on a sort of year-long post-divorce quest. And what you really realise when you're reading Eat, Pray, Love is it's a real artefact of its time. So it came out in 2006 and Elizabeth's, or Liz as she calls herself in the book, her divorce seemed to have been settled around the 2003 mark. But obviously a lot of that was in the shadow of 9-11. She, she was living in New York at the time. And also I think it's pretty pertinent to mention that this whole thing happened before the financial crash of 2008. So Obviously, it's unfair to colour a book with <laughs> the context in which it was undertaken and written. But, I mean, the simple reason that Eat, Pray, Love exists is Elizabeth had a very bad divorce. She went into a deep depression, which is uh, incredibly astutely painted in the book. And then she basically just went to a publisher and went, what if I went on holiday for a year, would you pay for it? And they went, yeah, here's a million dollars, go crazy. And then she did. And I don't think you can do that anymore. You cannot do that in the current financial climate that we've been living in for the past 15 years. And I don't think you can kind of do it in the current social climate that we live in either. I don't think if someone came out with a book right now where they went hey i went on holiday for a year and guess what i'm really sane now and quite happy that people would be quite so joyful to eat it up and try and digest it and um, extract wisdom from it so uh, number three is eat pray love annoying I yeah it is but Again, it's a testament to what a great writer Elizabeth Gilbert is. All these very strange decisions that she's making throughout the book and all of these behaviours that she's sort of boasting about, you kind of care about all the way to the end, even though it's 330 quite dense pages and can sometimes be a little bit of a slog, especially when it really gets into the weeds about her interpretation of faith and religion you do keep want to read the thing and you do want to see if the eating and the praying did lead to some love and it's an incredibly 
strange book at times. There's this character called Robert the Texan in there who I think is the least convincing dialogue I've ever read in my life. She has this bizarre knack where every single one of her friends sort of seems to speak to her in perfect clarity and like world-weary idioms. And no one just asks her, are you okay? It sort of seems like you've been a bit fucking mental at the moment. They always sort of tell her a really astute story about a psychological study they were part of or an old wise sister they once met on their travels or there's a lot of insane decisions throughout Eat, Pray, Love. And sometimes you do kind of hold the book in awe and wonder that someone lived their life like this for a year. I mean, the whole thing starts because she goes to Bali on a press trip and gets her palm read by a medicine man who lives there. And he t- says, oh, um, you know, you're going to live here in Bali for four months and you're going to teach me English. And Instead of going, mm, no, no, thank you, that sounds weird, she goes, oh, okay. And then sort of just starts sort of changing her whole life around that fact. She does exhibit some behavior that I could only describe as the most divorced person who ever lived. There was a moment when she was at the ashram in India where uh, a kindly Irish plumber like gives her the key to this special ladder to a tower over the top of the valley and she's looking down at midnight and he's given her a weird list of instructions about how to finally let go of her husband and her divorce and she does all that and and, and she feels all the weight sort of leave her body and then she does like a celebratory handstand to to sort of seal the divorce i mean, this book is full of completely crazed moments like that and the the people she sorry that was my dog running very inelegantly upstairs and the people she interacts with all just completely go along with it everyone's like a really exotic sort of character she's got a cool little Swedish friend she meets in Rome she's slightly in love with a a pair of twins in the same city she keeps picking up like old wise women who give her wisdom at bus stops like there's no normal people living in the Eat, Pray, Love universe. There's this weird, charmed life effect to, to the whole book, which when you read in a very compressed way, can be just overwhelming. It's just so strange that someone would live a year of their life like this. But at some points as well, it does veer into this, again, really great detailed sort of personal journal of someone experiencing the huge grief of a a divorce. So was I personally annoyed? (laughs) Question four, was I personally annoyed when when I read Eat, Pray, Love? No, which slightly took me by surprise. I sort of felt going in, especially at the, the early juncture in the book where she just says, and then I sold my book deal and went on holiday for a year. And also a middle point in the book where she explains at great length that uh, there were certain points where it turned out she was too smart to properly meditate, where I thought I wouldn't love being cornered at a party by Elizabeth Gilbert, but this is a very interesting account of a very strange year that she experienced. 
And question five, should we use the vast power of the internet to forbid Elizabeth Gilbert from ever writing a book again? I would say no. But to just explain that in context, um, when the Russia-Ukraine conflict broke out last year, Elizabeth Gilbert also announced that her next book was coming out, which was going to be set in 1800s Siberia. I think it's about someone using prayer and faith to make friends with a wolf, something like that. But basically, it got completely review-bombed on uh, Goodreads as a result of the announcement. And everyone gave it one-star reviews and said that it was really insensitive to be set in a book in this country in the midst of a, a conflict and a humanitarian crisis. And in the end, she did announce that she wouldn't be bringing that book out, which... I don't know. Every time we go about banning books, it does sort of feel like the wrong path to be going down. And I'm not quite sure how much agony uh, a novel written by the Eat, Pray, Love woman could really cause. And I, it did very much feel like a, an off-the-time reaction to something that basically, when you, you look at it, it's, it's just a, a fairly nasty coincidence. So... What really finally amused me the most about Eat, Pray, Love is I finished it today and I turned it over and my copy of the paperback has two quotes on the back. One says, a good read, I can't get away from it. And that was Britney Spears in Glamour magazine. And then beneath that it says, a writer of incandescent talent. And that's Annie Prue saying that. So you've really got range there when it comes to Eat, Pray, Love. It really takes all sorts. Did I like it in the end? Um, um, no, but I didn't fully hate it, and I think I think that's something to to hold on to. I think there was so much to like. I think she's a wonderful sentence level writer. She's very very good at selling a joke that ends with the final word in italics. Um, I loved the the structure of the book. She writes it in. 108 little vignettes, um, one for every bead on a, a, a prayer bead thing. And I thought that was really clever. And it just, I don't know, it added this wonderful structure to the whole book. So it really was segmented into three parts. And yeah, even though it's a story about how a woman went on holiday for a whole year, and it turns out that if you do that, you come back a lot happier. Um, I did actually feel like there was a lot of, of worthwhile story and wisdom in there. So overall, I don't think it's going to be our highest rating on this show, but I am going to give Eat, Pray, Love an incredibly hard 6 out of 10. Uh, a lot there to like, but I never, ever want to read about someone else eating pasta again. So next week we're going to do a full 180 from an international bestseller and we're going to go to A Little Red Gem, one of my favourite books that I've read over the last couple of years. It's called Daryl by Jackie S. E double S. Um, and I'd love more people to know about it and I'd love more people to, to read it and enjoy it as much as I did. So that's what we're going to do. I'm Joe Golby. Thank you for listening to Joel Goby's Book Club. See you again next week.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.